Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sober Town on yet another lovely podcast coming to you from King 13. And I just want to mention to your listeners that please check out Sober Town Podcast, the website. There's a lot of tools there to help you in Todd's toolbox. There are resources, there's a lot of podcasts, a lot of information. And if you're not sure where to go for help, this is the resource. We're like a little one-stop shop. And also a huge shout out to the IAS community, the AM Sober community, because most of my, in fact, all of my friends that are sober do come from there. And for those of you who don't know, it's a free uh, daily calendar app that you just download. And it's a great way to meet friends and get support. So please, there are there is help out there. You are not alone. And today I'm really excited because this is a lady who's appeared before with Polly and now she's come back six months after she was here for a follow-up and I just want to give a big warm welcome to this lady with this great voice and it's Al Webby. Hi Al Webby, how are you? Hi, hi King, I'm good, I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm so thrilled, honestly, it's it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you and every time we are in a little group together, you and I, and every time I hear your voice I think it's so calming Oh, my God, she takes my anxiety away. I love this. I love this. Um, so you were here with Polly last time. Tell me what have you found in the six months since then that's changed for you? So I am today at 461 days sober. Congratulations. Um, thank you. I, I really did not ever think that I would be here. Um when I started this journey, I was miserable. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like, I I think I said it in the other podcast, I felt like I wanted to not live, but, um, but also didn't, you know, didn't want to die. If that makes any sense. I was like in a purgatory. Um, and I just could not picture life without drinking. Uh, it didn't seem like it would be anything that I was interested in. I didn't know how it would be fun. Um, but I knew where I was, was not good. Um, it didn't feel good. It felt like, um, even though it might not have looked like a mess, my head was a mess. I was either not feeling well, or I was thinking about drinking or I was thinking about quitting drinking it was uh my mind the thoughts in my mind were out of control and so I knew I needed to take a chance and um at this point I can't imagine now ever going back I Mm. I feel happier than I could have ever felt I think the biggest part the biggest change in all of it was when I started um I didn't like myself and, um, and now I do, I don't even hesitate. I don't even think that it sounds, uh, it's, you know, I used to think people that said that they liked themselves sounded a little bit conceited. And now I think it just sounds like a, a peaceful place to be, you know, it's just a place of peace. It doesn't mean that I think I'm gorgeous or I think I'm the best. It just means that I'm okay with myself, all of myself. Well, you are and you are all of those things. And we love you (laughs) to bits in the group and everybody on the app that knows you does too. And you're right. I think I hear this story over and over again. Now, I'm not young. I'm 58, okay? So I've been around a little bit and I've seen a lot and I've talked to a lot of people. But the process of which you know the addiction gets us it's it's pretty much the same we all end up so miserable I was anxious I was depressed I was in a black hole I couldn't dig myself out but I could never live without alcohol I did not want to be here I mean it's exactly the same things that everybody gets to this particular point whether you either fight for your sobriety or you really and it's not going to end well and for me it was not going to end well I don't know if you probably felt the same way. And then yes. one day you just say, I have had absolutely enough. Mm-hmm. But you don't really know how. I couldn't see, you know, the light for the tunnel. And I often post there's this big wave and there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I've posted it on IAS. 
And that's really, and we talk about it too, that we've got to go through it. There is no detouring this, guys. Now, this is the bad news comes up front when you first stop as far as physically and emotionally trying to just barrel through and get the alcohol out of your system, get your alcohol out of your mind. Then when you do, you slowly start to work on other things. It's about a big unfold, isn't it? You know, it is. and then yeah. you look at this where you are now and I'm praying in hope that you think, wow, I hope you know how many days this is because it's huge. And when I first got on the app, I'd look at people at just 30 days and think, oh, how are they doing that? That's fantastic. Yes. Yes. <laughs> now I had my people like you. I'm like, yes, 461. Yes, the 500s. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Because we've moved along. I mean, I'm way, way behind you. But you're the people I look up to now. And I always have. So for that, it's just terrific. And it does take time. Now, I know you work on your sobriety in many different ways. Tell me about some of those. Okay. Uh, first, though, I will tell you that I still do look at people that have more days than me in the same way. I still yeah. think, oh, yeah. my gosh, I can't believe they're there. I, I hope I get there, you know. Um, but It's I like it work. can be done. It can I know. be done. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I do work on it every day. Because uh, if I don't, if I get busy and I forget that piece of me, it doesn't happen right away, but maybe two or three days after, things feel off. I feel off. And I know instinctively now that it's because I haven't done something that I needed to do for me in my recovery. And so, um, you know, those things are praying. I, I pray a lot. Um, I, I listen to podcasts. I listen to sermons. I listen to AA speakers. I listen to, I hardly ever watch TV now because all I do is listen to my phone. I read Quitlet. Um, I read my big book. Um, I talk to people all the time that are in the journey that I am. Because one of the things I learned at a very young age is birds of a feather flock together. Mm -hmm. And I want to surround myself with people that are going the same place I am. Yeah, yeah. And look, I read, and this is, this. I'm so glad they've done it now with AA. And I'm glad that we're talking about this because I read the female, you know, the female version of the book that was written mm -hmm. by a woman. And it yes. was really terrific. It's been brought up to date. And I've attended AA meetings in the past. So I am familiar with how it works. And mm -hmm. as I showed you before, around my neck, a beautiful friend from IAS gave me the serenity prayer, and I now wear it very, very proudly, and I love this prayer. It just puts your whole life into perspective. It, take, it, it really does. It really does. It, yes. it makes it all so manageable if you just live by this no matter what, not just sobriety but everything. So for AA, I'm forever grateful for the prayer. So with that, do you do women's meetings or do you do mixed or which ones do you prefer to do? I do. I do the women's meetings. Yeah. Um, I like those a lot. Um, I've gone to a mixed meeting before. It was bigger. And so I, I like the comfort of the smaller. Um, but I have done Zooms where um, they read the big book. I love mm -hmm. reading the big book with other people. I love to hear their thoughts. Um, yeah, and I, and I like, I love going to my AA meetings. They're, I don't know, it feels like family when I walk in. It, there's a lot of support. I, I, it fills my cup. Yeah, and look, I've always said this, it, no matter what you do, smart recovery, AA, IAS, whatever it is, it's mm -hmm. about the people. If you find that group yes. of people that you just bond with and resonate and connect with then you're getting that that support and that and that sharing and you and then more importantly the one word you said is trust you trust mm -hmm. this group of women and you look forward to seeing them as they probably do with you every single week that's where you can grow and support together and make this not only a successful transition and journey but a really enjoyable one as well. And I've tried to mm -hmm. stress this to people. This doesn't have to be miserable like when I first thought no. when I first started. No. I thought I'm going to the gates of hell. Oh, my God, there is no return. 
Well, I was already at the bloody, I was already in hell. What does it matter? I had nothing right. to lose, did I? When right. I taught myself around. And that's when I've said this time and time again, I became my own best friend and my own coach. And, yeah. you know, it gets back to, and I love the way you said before, you've got to check in with yourself and self-reflect. Am I in a good place? Am I feeling strong today? Whatever questions you want to ask right. yourself. And the self-care is really important, isn't it? Yeah. 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 What do I need? Yep. Um, you know, the whole attitude thing is, is big and I, you know, I reset so many times. I, I, in the beginning years of resetting, starting at zero. And every time I reset, it was a bad attitude, you know? And, and I, I found out that whatever I thought recovery was going to be, it was. So when I thought it was shitty, it was, if I right. thought that it was going to be, um, gut wrenching, it was. And when I finally got to the part where I thought this could be okay, it was. And so I just think that, you know, when you change your mindset about things, it, it changes everything for you, you know? So what do you think something is going to be? Because guaranteed it will be that. Yeah, sometimes they say be careful what you wish for too, right? Because sometimes things in the other sense don't always turn out. You might, you might want this job so, so badly and you and you do a really good job at getting it and then you think, oh, that, well, that wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And sometimes the same thing with sobriety gives you good surprises. That's one thing we do know. Mm -hmm. The further we go into this journey with the right attitude, wanting it that much is that there are all benefits. It's all benefits. The, you know, the only negative thing and it came up today in a Zoom I was in was, okay, I'm eating too much. I'm eating too much Ibsen ice cream. Right. But you know what? I'll take it over the drink any old day. You know, we'll get yes. to that one, you know, one particular day. But also with what I love about it is the spiritual aspect as well because with your attitude, you can, and you know, and I've talked about this, I've really trained my brain to approach this in a manner that they're, in a manner where, how can I put this? If I fall off the wagon, which I pray to God that I don't, but anything right. is possible and that's what I know, I know that I've got to stay on top of it, yes. then it's a slip because I used to be so hard on myself. The expectation of, of being just the best at everything and this and, you know, it, it got crazy. All it did was drive me into an anxious mess. And when your background mm -hmm. is in hard sales, especially advertising, and daily budgets and managing or whatever it can be. There's enough stress in this world yes. that I, I try and make my recovery as calm as possible now. Right, absolutely. I actually look at um, making mistakes these days, and I don't know if it's that I'm getting older because, I mean, it could be a whole bunch of things because I'm 51, I'll be 52 very soon. Um so I don't know if there's just a, a patience with myself, but um, I used to be so afraid of making mistakes. Mm -hmm. And now I think if I've made a mistake, if I've done something and it hasn't turned out the way that I wanted it to turn out, well, then that means that I took a chance. And if I took a chance, well, that means that I'm living. And if I'm living, then I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to do while I'm here. And a mistake is okay. We can try it again, or we can say, I'm not going to try that again. That didn't work. This is what I want to do next time. Um, they're just things that we, we learn from. And it, I think it means that we're doing what we're supposed to do. And like you said before, that's exactly right with slips. Saying. I do call them slips because I've read now that relapse is just abandoning the program altogether. So mm -hmm. a slip, you know, if you go back and start again and retry, then that is what it is. But, you know, I, I lived in fear for so many years, even as a child, and fear ruled a lot of my decisions. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was like that for you too. I look back and think all the – and you can't look back, but in the next life, and God, you know, I, I kind of believe in reincarnation, I thought – I'm going to, I know what I'm going to do with it. If I come back, <laughs> do you know what I mean? All the mistakes that yeah. all things that didn't, that, that I just didn't have the confidence to do right. in that particular life. And people yes. told me very young what I was going to be and what I was going to do very clearly. It was a priest that told me 
And it didn't happen because I was scared and fearful and didn't have any confidence, thought I was going to be laughed at because I was bullied at school. You know, it goes on and on. And I'm sure there are a lot of other people out there who haven't done or believed in themselves. And that's another thing now that we have a belief in ourselves. And we, and I talked about this too, that we can trust, Mm -hmm. trust ourselves and what we're making decisions on. Right. Have you found that for yourself too in this journey? I have. Um, when I look back, you know, uh, on my past, I was uh, a 19-year-old pregnant college dropout. And um, I was single. I, her father left, decided he didn't want to be a part of it. And so that was a horribly sad time for me. It was a big mistake. And the things that I discovered that I was doing, scrambling to fix stuff, um, it, it was just creating more chaos, you know, every time. And, and not just that, um, so many instances in my life where when I feel like things are going poorly, I work so hard to fix them and I just make a bigger mess. And at this point, I think, um, the saying, trust the process is, uh, I should have it tattooed on my body because I believe it with all of my heart. If something is happening to me and it's not what I have in my plans, I, I pray and I don't do anything. I wait. I trust that what is going to happen will happen. And it, no matter what, what's supposed to happen will be there. And like I said earlier about my, my thought process, whatever I think it will be, it will, even if it's not what I envision. So if the answer isn't what I think it's supposed to be, if I think I'm going to be okay and it's going to be okay, then it will. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And is that about control, do you think, for us? Because we we had to make things right because that's what we thought was best at the time. Yeah, controlling. Yeah, and the only thing really that we have control over is our thoughts and the way that we react to people. Nothing else. And once we accept that, I don't know, things just get so much easier. So I just kind of float with that that wave that is so high instead of fighting it and feeling like I'm drowning. And then all of a sudden it's not wavy and I'm on a shore and I get to look at where it took me. So trust the process. You know what? I just, oh boy. Wow. You sound like a teacher reading me a book. Anyway, (laughs) um, you do. I was just thinking, oh, what a lovely story. Can we go on? <laughs> Can you read me bedtime stories? You could sleep very well after that. But it's well, letting go. It is letting go. Yes. Don't you agree, Olivia? Like once you do and you're okay with it, things are going to be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they're not all right. If you're all right and you're, you know, you've, you've done everything that you can, it will be all right. It just, um, it's an amazing place to be. It gets rid of that fear. It gets rid of that fear. Nothing can, uh, nothing can scare you when you have no regrets. Because negative emotions are so strong. You know, the they fear are. builds the anxiety. You know, I think about, the, I must have a lot of energy because I wasted a lot of it on anxiety and fear, I can tell you. And I was still yes. going 100 miles an hour. Yes. Yep. And it just grips you, doesn't it? I mean, I, I, I'm pretty high wired anyway, and so is my fam, my well, female side of my family. Mm-hmm. But I look back and I think, what for? You got yourself in such a state, and what for? And then right. more people say, calm down. It was like, don't you tell me to calm down. Right, right. I know. Well, negativity takes up a lot of yeah. space in your brain. And when you right. let it rent that space, um, I've learned through my AA and my sober friends that if you don't deal with whatever is in there, taking up space, uh, it's, it's a relapse waiting to happen, you know? So every time something comes, pops up in there, 
that isn't pleasant, you really have to address it. Yeah, it's and it is. I, even, I don't know, maybe even at 16 months, you feel like it's forever unfolding because I certainly do. I know that, you know, going back to, I, when do you think your pink cloud burst? Do you remember? <laughs> you know what? I'm one of those weirdos where, like, when I run, if um if I get that runner's high, I stop because I feel like it's going to make me sick. So I don't even know. Like a pink cloud to me is just, I, I don't even know if I could pinpoint it. Um, I feel like I've had, I have a lot of them, but they're quick. Yeah. And so yeah. when I'm feeling super good and enjoying life, um, I just, I roll with it because it's, I know it's going to be over quick. Just, to, just as quick as those negative emotions, you know, those positive ones too. Okay, let me ask you another question. I'll put it a different way. When did your life become, because my goal was like, I just want to be able to feel normal. I just want to go through the day and not be ruled uh -huh. by alcohol and just be a normal person and it not be relevant <laughs> in my life. When, at what point, because I, I can pretty much pinpoint when that happened for me. When did that happen for you, do you think? It was probably before the year for sure. I guess maybe it was, um, I would say it was in the middle. So I'm going to go like eight or nine months. I thought, oh yeah, I'm going to be in recovery for the rest of my life. As what do people say? You will not graduate. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The college, the college of sobriety. Sorry, there's no hats and gowns. You just get to yeah. turn up. <laughs> yeah. Every day. <laughs> But the good news is you are making a better version of yourself, listeners, and it is fun and it can be fun. But And we don't want to dwell on those negative emotions. And sure, life's going to throw us curveballs. We, we know this. There's been people that you and I both know that are having whew, a tough time. And when you know a lot yeah. of people in this sober world, it's going to happen. We're going to hear about this a lot because the app is so big in itself, you know, being global. Right. Um the things I don't know, I don't want to ask you what you don't miss because we all know what we don't miss. But what do you foresee is going to happen moving forward? Because, like, I've dealt with a lot of things that I actually dealt with a lot of things during my drinking time when I had realized from childhood I had to go and see, you know, a psychologist and all this sort of stuff and, and talked mm -hmm. about it and talked about it till I was blue in the face. And I didn't really think it helped at the time. But you know what's interesting is actually. When I put down the bottle, I was actually able to accept it and be calmer with it all. I wasn't crying drunk anymore over it. Oh, this is, do you know what I mean? Yeah. All that, all that stuff that was just oh repetitive and boring to everybody, including me, stopped. Mm -hmm. I'm good with it. I put mm -hmm. it to bed. It happened. Part of life. Let's look forward to what tomorrow brings. Right. Yes. Absolutely. In fact. Um, I was just thinking about it because I, I was watching a movie yesterday and one of the actresses was really sobbing over something. Um, and it seemed kind of silly to be sobbing over it. And it also occurred to me that that used to be me. Um, I used to be an emotional wreck, absolutely zero control over my emotions. I can't tell you the last time I cried over something that had to deal with me. Um, I cry when I'm happy, which is a good cry. Mm -hmm. um, I cry for other people, but I never cry about something that deals with me because I feel like this isn't, I, I don't, I'm not perfect. You know, I, I still do have my moments where I think I really have to buckle down and work on this. Um, but I'm pretty good at knowing how I'm feeling and what I should do about it uh, so that I don't get crazy, to be honest, just plain old crazy. Because I remember there were times that something would happen when my kids were growing up and my husband would say, don't tell your mom because you know she'll freak and I uh, or she'll worry don't let your mom know and I just a couple days ago said to him 
he was acting hesitant to tell me something. And I, I reminded him it's okay. Now (laughs) I wish that I would have been the person I am now our whole married life while the children were growing up calm and patient and listening. And then strategic in our next move. Uh, I wasn't like that, but I am now. You can tell me you don't have to protect me. And um, it feels very good. It feels very empowering to be strong and and ready for anything that might come my way. Yeah, yeah. And I (laughs) said to my husband the other day, have I changed? He said, no. I don't Uh, know whether that was a good or a bad thing. But, you know, I know, like you, I would, when I would drink a lot, the tears would come. I lost my, well, I've lost a couple of dogs. And you don't think how many tears I cried over that. It was just a matter of the course of the night and what, again, what mood or attitude I was in that particular day. And because I was falling into these depressions, even worse over the drinking, well, guess what was happening? Oh, out the back, you know, playing the music, crying my eyeballs out. Here we go again. Yeah, that was a hamster wheel too. Um, yes. And now emotions are more manageable. As I said, we mm-hmm. can trust ourselves like you with the family. You make decisions together. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I don't know if you've had to say this, but I've had to say, look, I am not that person anymore. I have clarity. I know exactly what you're saying. I know exactly what I am saying. And the answer yep. will be the same tomorrow. And guess what? I don't repeat it like when I did when I was drunk. Right. I'm telling the same thing over and over. Right. You know? And I'm not and that takes time either. for them, I think. Yeah. It does. It does. Oh, they don't expect it. I mean, um, it's gonna take a while. It will take a while for sure. Um, because they don't know how we feel inside. Right. Um, so they they had that pattern of what we were like, and now we have to show them. So I'll have times where I talk to my son. And he's all ready to, to fight about it. And I'll say, you know, you know, no, no, no. Like, let's think about this. Let's use our words. Let's be kind about it. You know, um, no name calling, no yelling. Let's just, let's just go through this a little bit at a time. And if you don't, if you're not ready to talk about it now, then we won't. Um, so it, it does, it takes a while for them to go, oh, oh, okay, mom. <laughs> And I was going to say about your children, um, they, I would think, have obviously noticed a difference. What do they say to you that you just love now? Uh, I just, I like that they come to me and talk to me. You know, um, my youngest is 20 and she'll like knock on my my bedroom door because she's still living at home. She's going to college around us. And um, she'll knock on the door and she'll crawl into bed with me and we lay there and talk. And it's neat because I think, you know, she knows that I'm going to remember everything that she said. Um, my oldest, you know, she calls me and will ask me to watch the boys. So I, I watch my grandsons a lot and I feel like, you know, if, if they didn't trust me with their most precious little humans, you know, that, that I wouldn't have them as much as I do. So those are just, uh, treasures. My son, like I said, I'm still working on that. You know, he, we had a a tough tumultuous relationship. And so, yeah, I just, I'm just staying steadfast and trusting the process that it will all work out in the end. Yeah. And I don't think we're as quick to talk them around. Like when people do you know what I mean? When you're trying to show somebody you're different, we're doing the action, not the words. It's going right. to speak for itself in time, and that gets back to your point, trusting the process. Mm-hmm. I really think it's, that's the smartest way to go, isn't it? I mean, I'm asking your advice now. <laughs> Hopefully I'm on the right track because, yeah, you know, words can be cheap. And, uh, I mean, the fact that I'm saying it, but once you show them and they notice a difference – and it's the same with any anybody who says, oh, I'm going to do this and then, you know, good intention. I'll call this good intentions, bad result. And it sure. happens. It can happen a lot in any situation. Mm-hmm. But when you show them, and I'm sure your daughter just loves lying there with you now and like, oh, got mum. And 
people have said to me, my best friend said to me, oh, my God, I've got my best friend back. That broke my heart. Aw, that's so sweet. I mean, even though it broke your heart, I know, but didn't it? Oh. It did. It, it was twofold. It was bittersweet because I yeah. thought that explained so much when I thought about the conversations that we'd had over the years because obviously I'm in a different country and we've kept mm-hmm. in touch and we were friends for 46 years. Um, sad to say now, though, that things aren't that great at the moment and I don't know about your relationships with your friends that drink because at home I don't know anybody that does not drink mm-hmm. my sister my sister is not drinking to go out in in support of me and god bless her she's a normie anyway um but and her partner doesn't drink but have you lost friendships over being sober um i have not i didn't to be honest um i feel like I didn't have very many friends in the beginning. Um, you know, being a mom, I, I was a mom at a very young age. And so um, I didn't have a whole bunch of time to have fun. Um, and then when I started working, the people that I worked with, my, my friends, or people that I ran with or exercised with, um, Anytime that anybody asked me to do something, uh, I would say yes. And then I would wake up hungover and have to cancel. Yeah. And so I really like, I, I think I lost more friends while I was drinking yeah. than, than now that I'm not drinking. I think I make some people uncomfortable because I'm very open about mm-hmm. not drinking and I mm-hmm. uh, and I'd like to kind of like shine a light wherever I can if I can without making people feel uncomfortable like well do you want to drink no I don't want to drink I don't drink you know right um and so I, I think I have more friends now because I'm more dependable if I say I'm going to do something I will yeah yeah and I love the way that just rolled off your tongue it was so believable because you've got that unit and conviction in your voice. No, I don't drink. It's just it great. Was, it's just part yeah, of you was, now. Right. And, and being dependable was one of the biggest. I would look in the mirror in the mornings and just be ashamed of myself because of letting people down. And and now I don't feel that way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I, well, well, I am thinking about what uh, you said about actions, you know, that relationships um need the actions not just the words and 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 that brings me to the serenity prayer because i've decided i've taken that prayer and i've used it in a way i feel like it's more than just saying it um so if i have a lot going on i'll say the serenity prayer And then I'll look at what's going on in my life and I'll think, okay, what can I not change? And I kind of categorize it and I think, okay, so what can I change? And then I I wonder how I can do that. And usually the things that I can change are all based on me. You know, it's not trying to change someone else. It's how do I change my outlook on that? And I, I find that very peaceful too. I, I found that to be a part of my, my recovery, my process of staying where I'm at with not drinking. Continual growth. I love it. Whenever, look at me at my age, <laughs> getting sober. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. we're two professional women who um, have decided mm-hmm. that later on this is what we're going to do. And mm-hmm. you and I were chatting a little bit about this before that you mentioned that most people would never have picked you. Probably with me, it maybe was a little bit different because I was loud and I was in a different crowd with work, and you know everybody drank a lot. But people did not know or would never have thought, "Oh, Al Webby, she doesn't have a problem." What mm-hmm. are they talking about? It's mm-hmm. camouflage. So talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that. Okay, so I am a teacher. I've been teaching for 26 years and, um, you know, I, I never missed school. Um, 
I, like I said, I, I feel like this is something that was, um, more of a, a mind and not being able to control my mind and my thinking, my head was a mess. Um, I, apparently I hit it very well. Uh, even though, you know, my kids were getting older and they were catching on to things and they were saying things to me. Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to put it into words, but when I showed up at my first AA meeting and I heard that, um, some people have really, yeah. you know, everybody's rock bottom mm. is different. Right. And, when, and my heart goes out to every, everybody that's in recovery and everybody that is still struggling. Uh, I pray for all the time. Um, but there was something about my story that made it seem like maybe I didn't have a problem. Even my husband would say still does, or are you going to your AA meeting that you probably don't really need? And I'm like, um, I don't know. I feel like I was, I was up to seven bottles of wine a week. You know, I did not feel good. Probably five out of seven days. Um, I didn't lose my kids and I didn't lose my house and nobody at work confronted me. Um, yet I feel like that's a really big part. We all know that alcoholism is a progressive disease. Mm -hmm. I was, I, my elevator was moving quickly down. I just happened to stop it a little bit earlier than some people do earlier as in, in the disease, not in my life. <laughs> Yeah. Because, you know, 50, I waited until the golden years. <laughs> what about me? I'm right up there, you know, and, and Polly and I often laugh and say, oh, my God, we're like the oldest ones out there. But it shows you it is never too late to turn it's things around. Yeah, it's never, ever too late to turn things around. And the thing yeah. is, too, I don't know about you, but I, well, I, I especially because I was in sales, I do my appointments, my time, I could, I could manage my time because I was out on the road before I was uh -huh. management. And that's the reason I didn't want to be a manager and I went back out on the road was because I had to be in the office all the time. So I cut out, that was cutting into my lunchtime. What are you talking about? I can pretend I'm taking a client for lunch, have a bottle of wine and I was good to go, come back to the office. I'd never drove in the afternoon, do my paperwork and then skittle that all out of there so I could get home and drink. I mean, right. this is what it was like. Then I got to the stage where I was like getting paranoid of coming back mm -hmm. into the office, taking the chewies, thinking, can they smell it? Mm -hmm. What we're doing, it, it is like Polly says, it's that mental gymnastics. You're forever trying yes. to think, oh, do they know? How do I cover my tracks? Oh, maybe I'm pushing this too far. Do you know what I mean? But I found that my boundaries were getting extended and extended mm -hmm. and extended to the point where I was having longer lunches. I was coming back for less time and leaving earlier each day to the point where I was something was going to be said if I – basically didn't pull my socks up mm -hmm. you know I knew you know when you just know you're pushing it I never hid yes. alcohol from my husband I've been a drinker from the moment that he's met me in uh -huh. fact he's never known me sober until now until yeah last mine, night. Too. You know, mine too yeah <laughs> yeah it'll be nine months on Saturday and it's here I am well you know awesome. way to go but he doesn't bring it up a lot and I and sometimes I say to him hey honey I'm eight months you know and he's like that that's that's good and I'm like, what do you mean? That's good. You don't know. And it sets me off. And you don't know how hard I've worked. But then he comes in like <laughs> last night and I'm there with my book and I've got, you know, my Kindle and away I'm going doing my notes about the book. And he says to me, oh, you're working at it again. Uh -huh. He said, uh -huh. so he notices every night that I'm doing this. And I do. I live and I breathe it. Because now once you get over those really tough hurdles and the fighting the addict voice and getting your tools to be able to do that, and things settle down, and I agree with you, I think it was about the seven-month mark for me um, mm -hmm. because currently I'm not working, so I have the days to be able to throw myself into this a lot. And mm -hmm. so I was putting a lot into this little brain of mine, but I was dealing with brain fog, oh, my God. And so this yes. is why I was reading and writing things down so I could quickly, because, yeah. you know, to refer back to a Kindle was too hard. I could refer back to, you know, I had page numbers and whatever in my books and you know, because I right. use it too for, for further things like if podcasts or if we've got a subject that we're going to talk about, 
then there's mm-hmm. notes, you know, from all these authors and, and people and YouTube and I've had a guy on from there and you, you can never learn enough. But right, it does get easier, listeners. I want to tell you that it does get easier. You've just got to go through it and there is no way around it. I just don't think there is. But the hiding yeah. and sort of, the, and I call it the camouflage. Some people you just don't know. Some people honestly have surprised me and said, oh, yeah. And then some I look at even on the app and I think, you sure you really had a problem? <laughs> because what one person's yes. what one person's um, consumption is, like mine, right. I don't want to sound like I'm, uh, I shouldn't probably say it. Let's just say it was double yours, okay? And, and that's uh-huh. not something I'm proud of. But what was my reality? My big two-liter right. Pinot Grigio every day, especially in the last 18 months with COVID. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah. You know, but it was over the day into the afternoon and I'd always stop early at the night time. So I, I always got my sleep. That was the only thing that ever saved me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the tolerance went up and up and up and up and up. And then I thought, oh, you know, yeah. my husband said that scotch was good for COVID. So the scotch in the morning was going in the coffee. I mean, it just, the, the clock had no time. Let's just put it that way. Right. And I thought, okay, this is ridiculous. You're just chasing the clock and the and chasing the drink and you're just on a hamster wheel and and then I thought wow and then I just I almost I couldn't face it because mm-hmm. I knew I was really it was going to be scary and a hell of a lot of work it right. was it frightened me to death but it's really interesting because back when I was drinking I always thought in the back of my, my mind you know one day you're going to have to face this isn't it interesting right. there was still right. common sense there I can remember thinking this 10 15 years ago you know yeah. one day you're going to have to you're going to have to do something about this right right well I thought the same thing I would um I have uh, thyroid issues also so I take medicine for that and I always wondered if um maybe that made me feel more drunk or that made me feel more sick in the morning or or what I mean, obviously, it's not good either way, but you throw that in the mix with that because um, thyroid is brain fog anyway. So, wow, mm. talk about a foggy brain, right? But I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I would yeah. wake up in the morning and shower and um, actually kind of throw up because my, my stomach felt so awful from all the drinking and, and not good sleeping and easy to throw up in the shower and then keep scrubbing up. Um but just crying one morning and think, I, I can't believe you're here. I can't believe you've done this to yourself. Um, and so, you know, fast forward to going into that AA meeting and hearing other people's stories, but still feeling a connection, still mm. feeling like we're one in the same. And, and that's the important part. If you talk to somebody that is in recovery or has a problem and you're wondering if you do, if you, I think if you feel a connection, if you say, yep, you, whatever you're saying, that could be me, um, you know, you probably do. And I have all these things from all, like all the books that I've read and all of the speakers that I've listened to. I'm kind of like a recovery mutt, I feel like where I love what they've said and I've tucked it into my brain and none of it is mine, but by God, I want to say it because it feels so good. But um, every different kind of alcoholic is necessary in that room or on that app or wherever, because everybody needs somebody to relate to if they want to, to get themselves well. And so I thought, okay, there's a purpose for me. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not where I could have been, you know, either way, I guess, negatively. Um, I don't know what my life would have been like had I not started drinking, had I not have been an alcoholic and now in recovery. Um, But dare I say that I'm grateful because Mm -hmm. I feel, um, I feel reborn. I feel like I look at life, it's going to make me a little weepy Aww, with, okay. with different eyes, a different heart. You know, when I pray now, I don't pray for myself. Everything used to be about me. My God, everything was about me. If somebody was mad, 
I'm certain I did it. You know, if somebody was happy, I did that too. Um, <laughs> and when I, if I didn't feel good, it was about me praying, please make me feel better and you know, everything. And now if I lay down and I don't feel good, I say, you know, I need you to make me as healthy as I can be so that I can spread your word so that people know who you are through what I do. Um, you know, that's just living to help other people is it's, uh, so it feels good. You know, I was thinking about this the other day after, you know, reading, um, the women's book and I, you know, obviously now I've got it to keep and organically, I feel like I'm doing the steps. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just go through life and, you know, with COVID that right, we haven't sat in a group and I didn't attend, attend one women's meeting around here somewhere, but they closed them all down and they cancelled them and they're not even online. And I thought I need that connection because I don't really have anybody here in Miami because I'm so far from home. Right. But I know I know the steps and I know that I am doing them organically. And the, the last one being paying it forward. And this is why I do this for Sober Town. If we can help just one person, if it just makes you not feel alone, if it makes you feel like, oh, I can try that, maybe this will work for me. I know a little more now what to expect when I start or through this through this journey, whatever it may be. It's just to give you some sort of perspective and comfort and know that, hey, it can be done. And mm -hmm. whilst it's brutal at the start, and I try and be as honest as I possibly can, it will get so, so much better. And there is, we've been given a second chance. It's right. as simple as that to make yep. our life the best it can be and to make us the best we can be. When mm -hmm. I first pledged on IAS, and I read it every day, my pledge was I want to be the healthiest and best version I can be. Mm -hmm. Not I'm the healthiest, but I'm pretty sure, you know, because all of us, are, we're all good people. All the people mm -hmm. that I've met in sobriety are really good, intelligent, lovely people. And the IAS yeah. network is very, very strong. And we need that. You need your women in AA. We need people in connections. And that for me, that's all I have right now. I tried yes. some, other, some other platforms and they didn't work for me as mm -hmm. far as online. Um, so I eventually found IES because it was so big and I was so overconsumed by it. And then I started reading all the books and doing my own thing. And then I started going to the Zooms for connection. That was, that was what I, any connection that I had. And I'm still, I'm still going and I'm still doing it. And I feel like I'm that, that kid that is now went to six elementary schools and I finally found a school that people actually like me and I belong. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's, it's a good, it's, nice. it's a good, it's a good feeling. It really is. I know. I didn't have that feeling as a kid growing up. I was, I agree. Yeah, I, I was that weird kid that nobody, I didn't stay long enough in most schools to get to have friends, you know, once I got to Australia, yeah. but it's it, life is good and I look forward mm -hmm. to tomorrow and I love the sunsets and I notice the little things like you're a great beach lover you know you go down mm -hmm. there it fills your soul I'm a water girl I live on the water I've always lived on water okay uh, even if I know even if it costs me more I don't care the water yeah. I'm a Scorpio I love the water I grew up with boats I would live mm -hmm. on one if I possibly could um it's calming and I notice, you know, the manatees out here and the birds and the fish. I even was down there fishing with my rod when I first got here. There was a group of us used to like create just stuff that I used to enjoy doing, you know, when I yeah. mum and dad when we'd go camping and their mum and dad built a house on a lake and we had the boat and we'd go fishing and it was it's like simple things, just getting back to simple yep. things that you used to enjoy. Have you yes. picked up any any hobbies that you that you didn't do whilst you were drinking? Yeah, I really like to look for beach glass now. I love to come down. I really think that that was um, a huge part. I, I don't know about you, but the things that helped me get through sobriety changed. You know, like for a while, I was reading all the books that I could. Yeah. And then I was yeah. painting. And yeah. then I was looking for beach glass. And so, uh, you know, that's what I, I did for... Oh, probably four or five months. Um, and I found so many like stories in my head about beach glass and in the people there and the waves. And it was so fun to tell the stories in my head, think them. 
Um, and now it's not so much uh, finding beach glass. Now, um, now I'm enjoying going for walks or running. Um, so it changes. And mm. I don't know. It, you're right. It's the, it's the simple things. The things that like, if somebody came up to me when I was drinking and said they were going down to look for beach glass, I would think, God, that sounds boring. <laughs> no, I was, was going to say, I would have said, hey, listen, the only glass I'm interested in is the one I'm looking at right now. I'm yeah. good, thank you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yes. I mean, oh, how consumed we were. Like, I just, yeah. nothing was getting to, are you kidding me? That's, that's valuable drinking time. But it's because we weren't motivated to do it. And whilst we do this sobriety thing for ourselves, we have to have motivation still. I truly believe that. Think back yes. to Apart from what, what keeps you going? What keeps you going? You've got to have, whether it's your children or your dog or whatever, I don't know, whatever it may be, you know, mm -hmm. the fact that you just feel so good. For me, it's fear of what I went through in the first two weeks because I don't ever want to go through that again. I don't yes. want, I didn't like that girl and I don't want to go back and see her. And as far as I'm concerned, I left her back at Hell's Gates. She can stay there. Do you know what yep. I mean? I like yep. this version of, of Deb right now is much, much better um, right. as far as I'm concerned. But so for anybody listening out there, because you are experienced at this, you do have, like you said, all this time under your belt, what tips would you would you give people, particularly because it's really hard. I'm finding I'm seeing a lot of the younger people starting, and God bless them, starting to actually get on board um, in the Zooms and a lot of new people are coming through. And to me, everybody's young anyway, you know, the 20s, the 30s. I know. <laughs> what advice would you give them? Because I think it's terrific that they're getting, you know, that they're making this decision. Oh, I'm so proud of anybody that does it. I mean, yeah. anybody, but definitely young, young, yeah. because, you know, uh, I think that it's expected that you drink a lot when you're young, you know, you're supposed right. to have fun. Um, but yeah, it's so commendable. And so what would I do? You know, when I think about um, the first couple weeks, how hard it was, um, I, I had a lot of uh, ginger beer and tonic water in, in my house. And um, yeah, I, I drank that a lot because it has kind of a, a yucky taste. And honestly, alcohol is yucky. We just get used to it. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And so I would drink that, especially on the weekends, um, just to get me through until I felt stronger. I didn't really go very many places at first because I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to tempt myself. Uh, and it, of course it helps that COVID was going on also. Um, but let me think what else. Okay. So I didn't go very many places. I did a lot of reading. I absolutely stayed connected. Absolutely. Because connection is the opposite of alcoholism. Um, if you are alone and you're depressed and you shut yourself off from other people, Oh, that's such a bad sign. Like you have to really work hard to break that pattern. Um, exercising. I thought that exercising was important. It didn't have to be, uh, you know, like I, I ran a 5k or something, but walking, cause it gets that, those natural endorphins going. Um, you feel good when it's over, you know, um, I did that a lot. Uh, I journaled. Mm -hmm. I did see a counselor for a little while. Mm -hmm. because I had a lot of emotions going on and, and I wasn't sure because honestly, we, we drank our emotions away. Right. And I like, right. I remember what I heard about whatever age you started drinking is probably where you stunted yourself. So I figure at 50 years old, I was still actually 20 and it made a lot of sense because I was pretty, you know, self-centered and, and emotional. So, um, I felt honestly, I guess still maybe at month four, three or four months, uh, almost like a, a caged animal with my emotions and I wasn't sure what to do with them. And so I found AA, I found a sponsor. People do not have to do that. Um, but for me, it, it had some life strategies in there that, you know, changed the way I looked at everything. And, um, so I, I think maybe find a group that you're comfortable with, uh, whether it's IAS and on zoom, um, maybe you have a friend that you're starting with 
because what is, is it sober October, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but definitely the, con- the connection, the group it is very important. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that's why, it's, sorry, I was going to say, we yeah. have now the women's Zooms, you know, and we've started doing right. that. And again, they're smaller, they're more intimate. And the women talk about what the, the women want to talk about. And the same within their groups. All these things have been developed. And God bless Polly, you know, she oversees them all. And, and new people, mm-hmm. if we see them come in or we see that they need support. And quite often I'll just DM them or ask them when they're on the Zoom, do you need, do you need support? And so just trying to help them and let them know that, hey, you know, and so many people have just connected straight away and they're making friends and they're communicating and it really increases the percentage of your success. I truly believe that. I really it does. do. It yeah. does. It does. I've seen it um, happen. Mm. I, I created a sober toolbox for myself too that I, um, you know, and I think we, we talked about that a lot on yeah. um, the podcast. What What is in your toolbox that you can go to when you are feeling like, uh-oh, you know? something triggered me or, you know, things, things are a little off. And I have, I've kind of made it my mission in the classroom, you know, where I talk about it with my kids too, because I, I hold up faces every day, you know, a happy face who's feeling happy and, and why, and who's feeling frustrated every morning. I don't care if it takes, uh, you know, 20 minutes away from math, their emotions are super important. And if they can talk to me about how they feel and we can say, well, you know, if you're sad, what could you do about that? Um, so they learn young how to fix things, you know, that, or that I, oh my God, I can be sad and mad at the same time. You know, we talk about those things a lot. I really feel like, oh, boy, this is, that would be so much better than the just say no thing that, you know, (laughs) told me to say no, but didn't tell me what to do afterwards. You know, Um, it, I I feel like it's a, the perfect way to beat a life of addiction. Like I know what I'm feeling and I know what I can do about it. Yeah. And look for those children to be able to identify their mm-hmm. emotions whereas like you said we've been told you know basically just yeah don't worry about that you know well how much is four plus two no 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 people yeah. you know, kids need to understand that what they're feeling is okay mm-hmm. and they can it can be multiple things at one yeah. even given in one day but when they recognize it and, they, and you give them the tools which is terrific how to deal with it then that's mm-hmm. going to carry into adulthood and they're going to be much better people partners friends all of it in relationships themselves. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's a beautiful thing that you're doing. I see again, I wish you were my teacher. (laughs) Uh, It's, it's fun. It makes me feel like maybe I'm doing something with it. It, it, I I joked around saying that like um, I pulled out a book and wanted to say, well, now that I'm not drinking anymore and I'm in recovery, I totally know how this person feels. And then I was like, no, no, you're in the classroom. <laughs> but you know what the most beautiful thing about it is? You are going to make a difference in those children's lives. And we know when you get asked when you're older, who was your favorite teacher at school? <laughs> Our Webby is going to come up because she taught me that I can be happy and sad at the same time. I think it's beautiful. Well, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add to it. I mean, I love the fact that you've, um, excuse me, talked about AA a little bit, about the faith, spirituality, you know, connecting, just, I've got a frog in my throat from today. I've been talking a lot. Um, You know, all these things are just terrific. And, And for the listeners, I hope that you do listen to what we have said and think about it. Because, you know, I'm not a professional. I'm just, we're just two ladies who are having a chat of what we have found and the journey continues and we will learn more and more and we learn from each other. That's my greatest source, each other. Yeah, It's so fun. Yeah. To hear what other people say. Yeah. And taking the pieces from it and using it the way that you can. I, I just hope that nobody quits, you know, everybody give, keeps going. Don't give up you know, one of those times you're going to stand up and you're going to be like, 
oh my God, I'm, I'm still up, you know, and, and you're not going to fall down again. And, and it's worth it. And you're worth it. Yeah, exactly. Never, ever quit on yourself. No. Because primarily you have a lot to offer. You know you do. You know you're a good person. You know that there's a better person that's awaiting. And what do you got to lose? Just go for it. Yeah. It's actually pretty good when it's only brutal. For, for some people, it's only brutal for a few days. You know what I right. mean? You can't actually right. do it. I mean, I drank for 40 years, so I'm the extreme. Um, but, you know, as I said, I reckon it probably day seven or eight, I started to feel good. And then one day I just woke up and I was like, oh, wow, I feel brand new. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought it was all over. And then I really started to take a good look about, oh, but what are all these things hitting me, these emotions? Why am I feeling up and down? Blah, blah, blah. And it just went on right. from there. But once right. you uncover all that and you deal with yourself, which is something that I put off, then there will be peace and calm and harmony and serenity and you will just enjoy the simple things in life. I think that's Absolutely. just the message right there. So I just want to thank you so, so much. I, it's been an absolute delight. I've been waiting for this for a long, long time. And I hope you enjoyed it too. And I know that the listeners, I told you she had a really good voice. <laughs> <laughs> You're so sweet. <laughs> you are. And I'm just, I'm so honoured to know you and just, to be able to, even after this podcast, just to be able to, con I'm, I've got the luxury of being able to communicate with you at any time. So oh, I just want to say, too. yeah, God bless. I love you to death. Thank you Thank so you. much. I love you right back. I love all of you. It's, yeah, uh, it's we love all of you and don't ever quit. And my don't mother, was, you know, as I say, what would mother do? Mother would say, as Drifter would say, pour the poison down the sink and please check out SoberTownPodcast.com. Have a look around after you've finished with us and God bless and have a good day. Bye, Al Webby.